games of football are generally won by eight players. Three players can be carried if they're having an off night and work their socks off. But half a dozen times in your career, you achieve perfection where all 11 are on song. Such a time occurred in the 7-1 win against Roma in 2007. Weeks later, when AC Milan knocked them out of the Champions League, the game was crying out for another keen, according to the on-watching Danny Taylor. The name of the game in Europe is Don't Give the Ball Away, lamented Ferguson in an interview he was mandated by UEFA to do. Aside from the Roma victory, this was, according to Jonathan Wilson, in the anatomy of Manchester United, which is on the shelves of the football library, a different United. The Cavalier days of old were gone. The forward line was capable of stunning football, but United's progress was predicated on solidity. Perhaps it wasn't as much fun as nine years previously, but it was undeniably effective. Wilson points to the influence of Carlos Queiroz, who liked to hold the ball in midfield to maintain possession, to allow the opposition nothing. Of the blip in the mid-2000s that preceded this era, Ferguson wrote, When you're managing change, you have to accept the quieter spells and acknowledge that transformations take longer than a year. Amid all of this transformation, United received lots of visits from overseas coaches. It was hard to keep track of them all. China, Malta, Scandinavian countries, Usain Bolt, Michael Johnson, the Australian cricket team. After a goalless draw against Liverpool in 2005, it is revealed that United have had only five shots on target in three games. They trailed Chelsea by seven points in mid-September. Worse, Roy Keane and Gabriel Heinze both have to miss months through injury, by which time they had only won once at Old Trafford in the league. After a 4-1 loss at Middlesbrough, in which he had taken off Rio Ferdinand, Ferguson locked the dressing room door and held a 40-minute inquest. Amid criticism of his formation, which conventional wisdom declared without evidence came from Keroth, Taylor describes the gaffer as washed out, with drooping bags beneath his eyes and heavy creases lining his face. He seems emotionally drained, maybe a little scared. He has a go at Ollie Kay for asking him about how he was using Paul Scholes, putting him down with, please carry on, I wouldn't want to blunt your imagination with the facts. In 2004, Ferguson had a pacemaker fitted. Someone leaked the story to the sun. How, Taylor writes, can you fail to be impressed by someone on the verge of turning 65 yet still puts in enough hours to shame the average workaholic? At Carrington by sunrise. Half an hour in the gym, a bit of toast and cereal, a cup of tea, then into his paperwork. Yet Ferguson himself is modest and thinks farmers have it far worse than him. Taylor is impressed by his dedication and commitment and may well have influenced his own perspicacity in pursuing justice for abused former footballers. Paddy Barkley also praises his gift for time management. I confess that when the day contains too much to contemplate, I find myself asking, what would Ferguson do? Yet the loneliness of the long-serving manager is shown in this statement. Sometimes I'd hope for that rap on the door. In management, you have to face the isolation. You need contact, but they think you're busy with important business. There's a lovely anecdote where Danny Taylor spots Wayne Rooney and Ryan Giggs laughing at the manager yelling at Rio Ferdinand when the team are 4-0 up and the game is about to finish. Taylor is embarrassed to admit that he is uncertain whether Ferguson actually used the word squeaky bum time. In reference to the run-in, some journalists heard squeeze your bum time, but the majority had it. Phil Jones is still at Manchester United in 2022, although injuries have beset his career. 
He was just unbelievable for me. I went to the premiere of his film, the one on Amazon Prime, with a few players, and Ferguson came over, we shook hands, and then out of the blue he said, hey, you were effing terrific against Real Madrid in 2013. Effing marking Ronaldo. It just gave me so much confidence. To be honest, I didn't even watch his premiere. I was just sitting there thinking about his comment, thinking, he remembers it. Someone of his magnitude remembers that. Before Michael Owen met the gaffer with a view to signing for Manchester United, he hardly slept, desperate to impress him in every way. Given that Rooney and Berbatov were the first-choice pairing, Owen was a super-sub, and an unspoken understanding developed between the pair. Owen knew he'd get on when the game was safe or when a goal was needed. Being a horsey person, Owen and Ferguson would talk about horses rather than football. Michael Crick quotes someone who seems to think Ferguson was a gambling addict, challenging people to card games. Owen did note how brilliant Ferguson was at being clever with his ruthlessness, knowing when to pick on one of the plows he could absolutely bloody scream at, and when they were too weak, when their confidence would ebb away. That is why Wayne Rooney got the brunt of any criticism aimed at the enigmatic and often brilliant nanny on Ferdinand, of Vidic, or at Giggs, he just chose to leave them out of it. Giggs would tell Owen, you should have seen him ten years ago. He's mellowed so much. Michael Carrick became captain of United, then a coach, before leaving the club in 2021. As a youngster playing against them, Carrick would always see Ferguson marching towards the tunnel, like a general eager for a battle and utterly confident of winning it. Eventually, when United was signing him, Carrick was with his family to receive a call from him during the 2006 World Cup. The biggest phone call of my life, by far. Ferguson asked Carrick if he were playing in the England game against Portugal, and when he replied no, the gaffer was perplexed. Like Owen, Carrick was desperate to impress on his first day at work, setting off super early and got to the ground early enough to have a private welcome from his manager. When Carrick compared United to Chelsea, Ferguson gave me a withering look. No, son, this is Manchester United. We're different. Ferguson created a place where each and every player wanted to please him, didn't want to let him down. Ferguson always said Manchester United, never just United, something Peter Schmeichel and, if you notice, Gary Neville do too, and wanted a touch of class about the club. Carrick said he went out of his way to know all the members of staff, their families and backgrounds. Several anecdotes that Ferguson doesn't want me talking about sum up his warm-heartedness and charity. A couple of weeks before snooker player Paul Hunter's death, Ferguson sent him a video message telling him he should be proud of everything he had achieved and praising him for his bravery and dignity in fighting his cancer, even though the pair had never met. Jeff Thomas organised a rematch of the 1990 FA Cup final and Ferguson threw himself into the project, while Ferguson gave Alistair Campbell £5,000 when Campbell ran the London Marathon. Michael Crick also notes that he gave his time to HAWC, a cancer charity, and Destination Florida, a sort of make-a-wish foundation. When a former youth player went to jail, despite a character reference from Ferguson, the gaffer still wrote to him. Ferguson himself was able to confide in Gordon Strachan when his wife Kathy was ill. He became so emotional he burst into tears. Ferguson empathised with the city of Liverpool, going across to pay his respects after the Hillsborough disaster, quietly donating to the fund. His magnanimity was shown to David Meek, who ghost-wrote Ferguson's programme notes until he was in hospital for cancer treatment. Ferguson, the self-styled Scottish beast, brought Meek flowers and then called at his house when he was recovering. Given that Ferguson is a Scot and a Labour supporter, both Alistair Campbell and Andy Murray 
sought Ferguson's advice. Murray was told to focus on his match and consistency would follow, which he put to good use when he won Wimbledon in 2013. While Campbell was told to ignore the noise, be ruthless, put the blinkers on, Labour would win another term in office. Labourites Ferguson and Campbell are close friends, with the former telling the latter that the true friend walks through the door as others are putting on their coats to leave. Just like the library! Just like the 